Hey everybody, it's Dave here and we lost Darren again. And it looks like Darren may be back. Darren, can you talk to us? Hello. Hey. Can you hear me? Yes, and we're live on the air. I was asking everybody what they thought of last night and all the festivities that went on and tell them that we were going to talk about originally, and we still plan on it, K.J. Osborne was our first player. And mm -hmm. then uh, we were going into, from there, talk about what is Zimmer doing on the offensive line? What's this? Yeah, I did like a weekly question. And then Daniil Hunter, what we're seeing so far from Daniil Hunter. But as we all know, last night, right before the big practice at night in TCO Stadium, it's announced that Kellen Mond, our rookie drafted quarterback, comes down with a breakthrough case of COVID. He's tested positive. Kellen Mond had been vaccinated, thus the breakthrough case. He's got it again. But due to NFL protocols, anybody that was in close contact with him that has not been vaccinated must quarantine for a minimum of five days. And of that list... Kirk Cousins, we just confirmed again, or confirmed last night, is one of those that is not vaccinated. There's some others on the team that are reportedly not vaccinated, but Kirk Cousins, our starting quarterback and key to the season, is not one of them. And Mike Zimmer was just a wee bit frustrated, frustrated. knowing that this could happen. And it could happen at the most inopportune times. He, Kirk Cousin wasn't the only one out. So was Nate Stanley. Uh, Jake Reed had to take all the snaps. And also our drafted new guard, Wyatt Davis, was out. Because I believe it's because he was in close proximity as well to Kellen Mont. He was snapping to him. What do you think of all that nice COVID protocol stuff that affected the team? I'm not, we're not getting political on whether you should or should not take it. That's up to you. But when it comes to football, it obviously affects the squad. What do you think, Darren? Well, like you said, Dave, it's uh, the vaccination thing is, um, is a charged issue. It's a, you know, personal choice, uh, whether you should or not. And in the U.S. of A., that's even more of a, of a you know, where uh, individuality and, uh, and do your own thing and the government's not going to tell me what to do is, uh, it seems to be more of a, of a, uh, a, a national ethos than maybe it is here in Canada. But, uh, but that depends on the person too. But uh -huh. The fact the fact is that is that the, your your employer if you're an NFL player your employer uh, and it, you know the Vikings are the employer for those players but the NFL is the overall employer uh, they've got these protocols in place for unvaccinated players and we've heard Cole Beasley uh, talk about his uh, uh, 
reservations about that. And I had no problem with what Beasley had to say about all of that stuff. I mean, he's, that's his, his opinion and, and he's entitled to it. But uh, uh, the fact is that if you're a player and you're not vaccinated, this is the working, this is the work environment for you this year. And we just saw last night that for unvaccinated players and Kirk Cousins is one of those. And he did not say whether he was vaccinated or not when he had a chance to, when he was asked about it about a month ago. And again, uh, that's, I don't think that's anybody's business, but uh, now we know that he isn't vaccinated. And uh, the fact, the fact of the matter is, is that this is the work environment. And if you, you know, you're, you, if you get COVID or and you're unvaccinated or uh, you're a close contact, uh, you're out for a certain amount of time. And, and, and the reason Zimmer is upset is that he's got no other quarterbacks other than Cousins, who's taken an NFL snap uh, ever. And if this happens during a regular season game and Cousins either gets COVID or is a close contact again, and it very well can happen, uh, it, it, um, it may happen multiple times this year. That's just mm-hmm. the world we're living in. If Cousins is a close contact and he's not fully vaccinated, he's not going to probably not going to be able to play that, that game. And, in the NFL, I don't care what week it is, it's a critical game. You've got 17 games now. You can't afford to have your the guy who's the starting quarterback for your team. Uh, and again, the only guy who's ever taken NFL snaps in an, in an NFL game, if he's out, um, the Vikings are hooped. No, I, don't, I don't care how Browning looked last night, and apparently he played – pretty well uh but it, again it's a it's a <laughs> you're not going up against an opponent you're not going you're not getting pressured really it's all um, and I, I, if the vikings thought that browning was a, a viable option in the previous years they he would have i think he would have been the, your backup quarterback instead of sean Mannion. so i don't really have much uh faith in what the vikings have uh, right now kelamon this is probably going to be a red shirt year for him and this hurts for him too because he's uh, now he was vaccinated, and uh, and you can get COVID if you're vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, usually the um, usually that uh, if you do get it, uh, your symptoms are going to be very mild. You're going to be okay. Uh, I think for the so for the players like cousins who aren't vaccinated, sure you can't get vaccinated, but you're leaving your team in a precarious situation. And Zimmer is upset because he is in a critical year. I think. And he can't afford to have players who have the option to be vaccinated. I think maybe there's a medical reason why Cousins can't get vaccinated. Uh, again, we're not going to know about that. But most players will be able to get vaccinated. Um, and if you're doing it as a choice, whether for whatever reason, the the work environment is that these things happen and you're not vaccinated, you're probably not going to be playing that week. And maybe the following week, if you do have COVID, uh, and that could cost your team, especially if you're a key player, that could cost your team a football game, maybe two. Maybe mm-hmm. you get it again later on in the season at an even more critical time, and boom. Uh, and Zimmer can't afford to have his team, key players, missing games and then missing the playoffs this year, or else he's going to be canned. And so he wants everybody to get vaccinated because it's in his best interests. I don't know if he cares too much about the health of the guys. I hope he does. But that's that one thing i will say about uh, the vaccinated non-vaccinated thing you know for those who are not vaccinated i i, I think i've read like for african-american players there's an issue to some of them because they have 
in communities and African American communities over the past history, the medical, the history between the medical system mm -hmm. and them have, there've been some issues. So there's some distrust there. And we have this similar thing in Canada right now where indigenous people or what you Yanks are called native Americans have not always been treated very well by the federal government and provincial governments. And there is a huge mistrust with the medical system there. And, and we have some issues getting uh, indigenous people vaccinated in Canada. I think there might be similar things with African Americans. But right now, uh, I, I don't know what information the players are getting, right? Like about when they're making these decisions about hopefully the teams are bringing in medical professionals to give them the most unfiltered, honest advice they can. But if players are basing, like thinking, I'm young, uh, I'm healthy, my immune system is great, uh, it's very unlikely I'll get caught. Well, the Delta variant, for one, is... is uh, now uh, it's infecting people who aren't vaccinated in particular and younger people and more severe outcomes. So this isn't the old and original uh, COVID strain that you're dealing with now. You're dealing with variants that attack younger people, young, healthy people like Kirk Cousins. I think it's also a health issue for you personally, as well as a football issue. And I agree. Um, I think besides the self-motivation from like yeah. Zimmer, I think he actually cares. He's publicly mm -hmm. stated he wants everybody in the country to get it. Um, yep. It would... It, it's frustrating. I understand both sides of the arguments. Um, I've seen them both. It's just... Protect yourself the best you can. That's, that's your number one priority. Now, Kirk Cousins... I'm hearing the reason he hasn't is due to his religious beliefs. If that's the case, I have a little disagreement with him on that. But mm -hmm. hey, it is what it is. Hopefully we can overcome it. But I think last night Jake Reed stepping up. He started out slow, but from what I gather, he was outstanding. He was hitting long ball after long ball, tight passes. Uh, Adam Thielen looked great. Justin Jefferson looked great. And also, one of the beautiful long passes was to K.J. Osborne. <laughs> Our boy. Our boy. Our boy. You wanted to talk about K.J. Osborne. Now, K.J. Osborne, just to preface real quick, when B.C. Johnson tore his ACL Friday, and he's going to be out for the season, most likely. That improves KJ Osborne's chance to make the starting fifty-three in the and in, in the wide receiver room, not necessarily as a punt returner because he was horrible at it, but as a wide receiver, he has stood out so far in camp. And you wanted to talk about it, yeah, not because I've seen KJ Osborne, other than a few clips on the the Vikings. Um, yeah, Osborne is coming up, Matt Anderson. You know, Matt, I don't care who's coming up as long as somebody's coming up. I think that a lot of us assume when D.D. Westbrook was signed that he'd be the number three. Like they're, they're, The Vikings have options. They don't know if they're great options, but, you know, Chad Beebe is a known commodity. Not much of a commodity and rarely <laughs> healthy, but, but he is a commodity. Um, sometimes he looks okay. Uh, the uh, We got... Uh, 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 Will Raggett uh, says he's much better than Chad Beebe. 
so far. Mm, well, there, yeah, well, hey, that's uh, that's great. Uh, BC Johnson had a strong rookie season, you know, pretty encouraging one last year. He was forgotten mm -hmm. uh, because J.J. Jefferson passed him, and then the Vikings don't use the number three very much, and they used B.B. more than Osborne, really, uh, more than um, Johnson. Really, Johnson, the only game where he was had an impact, I think, was the Carolina game in which Thielen was out that game, so BC was in there as basically, and I think he got seven catches or whatever for about 60, 70 yards. Uh, but he's out, so he's not an option. You got the rookie, uh, Marset uh, Smith Marset or Marset Smith or whatever. Uh, we, uh, he's a big wild card. We don't know. We know he's fast. Uh, we knew he possibly could be a kickoff return guy. Uh, not the greatest route runner, apparently. It remains to be seen what he has. But if KJ Osborne, basically, I thought this guy was like guaranteed cut. Wasn't going to make the team. Uh, terrible returning punts and kickoffs last year, and I don't. He's not going to be doing that. And didn't get an offensive snap last year. And I'm like, you know, fifth round pick. Really didn't see anything, and we didn't see preseason games, so we didn't know what kind of flashes he had. To hear that he is going into training camp and actually catching significant passes, even though it's in training camp, even though it's in practices, uh, that gives me some hope. Uh, D.D. Westbrook is uh, the guy that I like the late signing, even though there's a, probably a reason he was out on the market as long as he was. But he's a guy who could return punts and had been, you know, caught more passes than any of the other guys that we had besides Thielen and Jefferson in his career. I think it, it's between him and Osborne. And if but if Osborne is coming along, uh, more power to him. I coming out of he was a fairly well used receiver in his last year as a senior in Miami, uh, didn't have a great scouting report. Like didn't seem like he had any like really significant right. identifying, like outstanding trait. Like, was he a great route runner? I didn't read that. Uh, he was fine at it. Was he super fast? No, uh, great hands. He's and not maybe slow, though. not slow. But, and I, I hope as a wide receiver, four, yeah, three, four, 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 four. Yeah, no, I mean, that's yeah, really yeah. fast for us, mm -hmm. us guys. Uh, but again, what was his identifying outstanding trait? Didn't seem to have one. And last year didn't play in a, in a game other on special teams. So really encouraging to hear that he's doing well. We'll wait to see in the preseason games, if he can continue to flash, I think that'll be like an additional sign that, Hey, maybe the Vikings have something here that, uh, he can contribute with BC Johnson out. And we know that uh, it's only a matter of time before Chad Beebe is hurt. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it'd be good to know that somebody is stepping up like KJ Osborne and we'll see what DD Westbrook uh, has in store. Like he didn't play very much last year due to injuries. And I don't know if that's still hampering him now. We haven't really heard much about him. Well, He's supposedly fully recovered from his ACL, um, but they are bringing him on slowly. I think they're cautious on all the players that are recovering from some sort of some injury sort of or surgery. Like Christian Derrissaw. Like Christian Derrissaw, yes. And, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but, but I think he's earning it. He's There has been stuff written on K.J. Osborne almost every day of camp so far at how well he's looking, how, how he's blowing by corners, how he's making marvelous catches, how he's in the right spots, and he's on his way to earning that wide receiver three spot, which I think is good. Hey, if they can earn it and he can beat out Chad Beebe, by all means. If he can beat out even Westbrook, once Westbrook gets out there, by all means. That means he's better than Westbrook. I'm cool with that. Um, 
And Westbrook's only a one-year deal, so even if right. somehow Westbrook was Westbrook was playing this year more than Osborne, if if Osborne shows something during training camp and in the three preseason games, and you know comes along during the year, then the Vikings don't have to re-sign Westbrook. They can put you know they can go with Osborne, who'll be a little bit cheaper, is a little a little bit younger, and he's your own guy. Happy with that. I just I'm still skeptical about the whole Osborne thing until I see him do it against competition other than his own teammates. Right. But in pads against competition against yeah. competition when it there's a bit more pressure. Not to say for a guy like him there's pressure in training camp because I'm sure he's going into this knowing I have nothing guaranteed for me this year right. with the what happened last year. I have to go out and perform. And so far he is doing that. So big collapse to KJ Osborne uh fairly unexpected at least to me that he is doing what he's doing but like you say if every day of training camp and we're only what i'm not even a week into it but if every day into training camp there's a highlight or a mention of kj osborne from different people when when zimmer said it and then spielman said it you know we're all kind of like yeah yeah whatever you know you know but when other people who are watching the practices are saying that uh that tells me uh, that this is the like Osborne's movement, his improvement is perhaps legitimate and he could be the number three guy. And as long as somebody is and they can perform in that position again, don't care who it is and a full, full marks to Osborne for obviously he must've put in a ton of work uh, in the past 12 months to get from where he was to where he is now. If I remember correctly, I think he was working with Justin Jefferson down in Florida. Not a bad guy to be working with. Mm-hmm. So I do believe I read that somewhere. Well, that's good. Now, that brings us, we talked about Derisaw and his slow mm-hmm. injury response. I read this morning where they expect him back soon. Famous last words. And Mike, soon, yeah. <laughs> Mike Zimmer <laughs> called it a slight pull. That actually mean for yeah. the Viking, right? Like, yep. And Mike Zimmer called it a slight pull, and he's recovering from uh, core muscle surgery in the groin area, right? So that does take a while. He says soon he's not going to call it a tweak. He's Mike Zimmer jokes around how he's never going to call anything a tweak anymore. Yeah, Um, he got hammered last year over it, rightfully so, and uh, but. He but thinks that soon. Thinks now, soon. let's get to the offensive line. Speaking of Darisaw, he obviously isn't on the field yet and not competing. Starting no. Monday, the team will put on the pads. It's the first time they're allowed to put on the pads and start hitting. And that's when we see if K.J. Osborne is good because your whole movement is different when you've got a full set of pads on versus shorts and shirts with just a little, you know, soft deal order. Um, yeah. And then the, the uh, like the uh, boxing. Uh, well, the helmet, yeah, the, the rugby helmet the, type the, deal. Yeah. No, yeah. they're, they're, they're going to be full of dressed up. So that's going to be interesting to see. There was a tweet. Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. Um, here it is. Courtney Cronin, Ted was giving her praise, and Courtney was asked about um, Wyatt Davis. And he's, 
she's like, nah, I think I think they're cross-training him in case there's a need because Cabral, who's the third-string center who was brought in, hasn't practiced because he's out for whatever reason. And plus, it never hurts to have him as, you know, available to do that. That got us into talking about why do the Vikings keep swapping positions on their offensive linemen? I'll let you take this at first. First go around. Dave, I, I like other Viking fans we know, am at a loss to understand why they keep on doing this. Because um, I, I, my, my understanding is with the, the Davis thing is that, uh, okay, if they've got an issue at center with Cabral not being able to play yet, uh, and they've got Davis doing there as a backup option, cross-training, yeah, center whatever. Number three. But is he has he done any work at guard in the since training camp? Like yeah, I'm not, he's done some team two, team two right guard right spots. Some, but some. he's a guard. He's always been a guard, um, and he's going into the NFL. He's not state any high school. He's going to the NFL against some big boys, some people who uh, they make this for a living. This is this is their you know it's the best of the best. Uh, I would think that I'd want him taking the most reps at the position he's always played and was a two-time All-American. Um, I don't know. Like, that seems to be pretty simple to have him doing, taking a, a you know, a number of reps at center, uh, taking away from the his position that he's guard. Now, if they want to double up his reps, that's cool, but it doesn't seem to be that way. Now, the only advantage yeah. of him doing extra snaps with Kellen Mond is Kellen Mond's getting the extra snaps as well. Um but, but not from a guy that he's going to be taking snaps from regularly because hopefully Wyatt Davis is starting right guard. But speaking Just of because it makes sense to keep keep guys busy and yeah, uh, I, I I imagine they're pretty busy anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I just for the Vikings to do this, okay? So they got Davis playing center, practicing center somewhat. They got Ali Udo, who, as far as I know, has always been a tackle, tackle and. A, been a, been uh, practice at tackle the past two years, and now they got him at. It looks like exclusively at right guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, last year Cleveland left tackle. At least they had him at guard right from the get go. But there's that it'd be one thing, and the way they moved around Elf Line and then the whole thing, like in in the previous years. But I just none of this has really. As far as I can tell, none of this juggling around and moving of guys unless has worked yet. Like we, it hasn't resulted in like an, you know in taking one guy in, from his normal position that he had in college, making him something else in the pros, and it has not resulted in like a significant improvement in the guy's play. That is why I don't uh, like the move with Davis. I want him at guard, so hopefully Dozier and Samia are not the guys out there starting week one, week two, and beyond. I want Wyatt Davis to be that guy. And I think with his track record, there's no reason why uh, he couldn't beat out those two stiffs. Wow. Uh, and maybe Udo is better as just... just Udo, Udo may be better things. than Dozier and Samia by himself. And a lot of a lot of college tackles come into the league and they're made into guards. Most of your guards 
uh, and it's well over 50%. But most of your guards that are playing in the NFL played tackle in college. I can understand that move if you think that's what it's supposed to be. We were sold last year that Ezra Cleveland was the future left tackle of the team. They stuck him at right guard when the guard play went to absolute hell in a handbasket. We understood that. This year, they're saying, well, we're going to keep him at guard. We like him at guard because we just did a first-round draft choice on Derisaw, but we're going to move him back to the left side where he's more natural. Um, he's played most of his time. I can buy off on that. I, I do believe Lyman can play both sides. It is a transition, however, but it's easier when you're back on your own side. Yeah, I would th- go right. ahead, Dave. But Ole Udo, if he comes in and he earns that right guard spot, I'm cool with that. It's tackle. He's got he's got the same thing as Ezra. They got long arms. Generally, guards don't have the longest arms because the blocking style is slightly different in how you're doing it. A tackle, you want the long arms because the guy's going around your outside and you're blocking an outside. And there's a whole lot of speed and there's a whole lot of hand play in the fact that you're trying to keep his hands off of you. And as a tackle, you're trying to get your hands on the defensive end. Um, All that goes into tackle play. A guard, though, plays literally in a more confined space. And he's playing against guys that are using power more than speed. Think of your our defensive tackles, Tomlinson Tomlinson and Pierce. Those guys aren't going to speed rush around you on the outside. They're going to push you, right? They can deal with contact. They want contact because then they feel they're stronger and they can control you and push you back into the quarterback. A guard's got to be able to take that and basically force on force, adjust, push, knock off lines. And that's why some tackles don't do well as guards. Hopefully that's the case. We drafted Wyatt Davis, two-time All-American at right guard to play right guard. And now we have him playing a little bit of center. Now, I understand cross-training guys so they can move around. But first, at least in my opinion, you get them good at what you drafted them for. And then you could start cross-training around and say, hey, can he play center? Hey, we we could actually use him as center. But let's get him used to the NFL, right? Ezra Cleveland's now used to the NFL. Let's get him used to the NFL first in a position where he knows the most before we start screwing with him. And that the whole idea of, and I think it's a Denison thing, but it's been happening since 2015. Zimmer took over in 2014. The line was set, and then it's gone downhill ever since. Um, Hopefully... They'll figure this out, but I don't think they will. And I don't think, believe it or not, I don't think Davis is going to win the spot. At least not at the beginning. No, I think you're right. And uh, Which, it doesn't look like Derisaw will win the, the left tackle spot either because he's not probably not going to be ready. 
Uh, it's always tough for a rookie to step mm -hmm. in there anyway on the offensive line. At least that's what we've been told. But we have seen a lot of first-round left tackles in the past few years uh, really struggle and, and not really start right from the get-go. So I think for Derisaw, as talented as he is, as we've been told, and as good as he is and that we, uh, that we understand, uh, for him to miss amount, this amount of, of like rep time uh, and training camp time, it seems like a, a stretch that – the Vikings, and we and we know that um, Zimmer in particular, not really a big fan of sticking a lot of rookies mm -hmm. in there from the get-go. Uh, it rarely it happened, except last year, which was out of more out of necessity than anything else. So I, I think that you're looking at, uh, and it's not what we were hoping. I think you're looking at like a Rashad Hill, uh, and then Cleveland, uh, Bradbury. Uh, Dozier. Uh, oh, I'm hoping uh, Udo if it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dozier and then then O'Neill we'll as your as your starting five. Like I say, we'll see. It, it, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Davis is going to sniff the field in the first couple of games. Which particularly, it and, dis it, and it, it disappoints it, me. I thought he would. I, I thought he would got the starting position by you know a week from now, and he still may. He, he what. The only ace he could possibly have up his uh, sleeve, and we're talking Davis, is waiting to put on the pads and start hitting. Once they do that, then we're going to see where exactly all the linemen are, right? Can yep. These guys are going against Tomlinson. Can they control Tomlinson? Can they control, you know... Uh, Sheldon Richardson, if they can do that, they can then step up. Now, I did some querying during the week about what is Davis's issue. Querying. And, and querying. And I got yeah. two responses. None, neither of these are confirmed. One of them is that he hasn't impressed anybody so far. Mm -hmm. And if you don't impress, you're not going to move up. Uh, yep. You've got to do it. We talked about Osborne impressing so far. Um, if you don't impress, you're not you're stuck. So he's got to do that. That's why I'm hoping with putting on pads and actually hitting, he starts to impress. That gives him the opportunity and shows that hey, I was the right draft choice, you know, and that's why you drafted me there. Let's do it now. He did obviously fall to round three where we got him uh, from being previous, you know, the year before. He was thought he's going to be a first rounder for sure, possibly top 10. He did get injured and he fell. Now, the other thing I'm hearing is he's not exactly in shape. He's a little bit overweight, hmm. which is not good. When you knew you were coming out into the league and you're trying to be in the best shape of the best shape of your career, right, of your life, you want to be that coming into the league. And if that's the case, and like I said, I don't know. These are just words that have been passed to me. That's disappointing as well that goes towards motivation. And these are things that should be found out during the scouting process prior to the draft. That's what you have draft departments for, asking about players and how how their regimen is and how motivated they are, et cetera, et cetera. We'll yeah, isn't it? Um, 
as you said, Dave, none of these things are confirmed, but uh, I was just going to say before you mentioned those two tidbits that it's a bit concerning for me that uh, when you look at the state of of the right guard position for the Vikings and that they got Dozier and Samia, the two worst rated. Again, we always preface, this is pro football focus. We know it's not mm-hmm. like the gospel and everything, but they are the only outfit that ranks offensive line playing, gives it any sort of a grade other than the teams themselves. Right. So uh, you've got that, but we also, as fans, the eye test also told us that Samia and Dozier were bad, bad, bad. Uh, particularly on the on the pass protection, so you got those two guys competing. Udo, who's a huge wild card, we don't know what he brings to the table as a guard because he's been a he's been groomed as a swing tackle. Yep. So if if it's concerning to me, Dave, I don't know if you feel the same way. If Davis isn't automatically looking better than those three, uh, oh, it's that, hugely concerning. That's the. Uh, that's a problem. I'd never heard coming into the draft that work ethic was an issue for him. I didn't I heard either. He, like, injury was a problem last year, but the guy was like a two-time All-American. And, and he like, played strong. Strong, yeah. as a, strong as an ox, which we needed in, on the interior. So he was going to be nasty and push people around. Uh, where is that guy right now? He's on COVID protocols, and he yeah. can't be back for a minimum of five days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. If you're hey. going to be missing, yeah. If you're going to be missing, I guess now is uh, not the time. Yeah, not for a rookie, I guess. But I think in no. better than the regular season. But anyway, yeah. I don't. The offensive line again. Here we go. Uh, and we don't know why he's on COVID protocols. Um, other than he was in close contact, he may yeah. be in close contact and not have yes. vaccinated, and that's going to give him five days. Theoretically, Kellen Monk could be back before everybody else is of that group because all he's got to do is test negative twice and he's back. Right, yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. everybody else, it's a minimum five days. So, And there's and there's another guy that needs to be, be in training camp doing stuff and not mm-hmm. sitting out because of COVID protocol. Again, he's vaccinated, so he did, it, he did everything that was required of him. Uh, and, you know, just bad luck. It, mm-hmm. it happens. But, uh, yeah, not yeah. – like I was really, as I'm sure you were, I'm not really all that keen on watching Jake Jake Browning or Nate Stanley throw the ball in preseason. But Kellen Mond, I want to be, I want him to be getting two quarters per game, and let's see what what he's got. And but we might have an, Last night, Jake Browning piqued my interest. I look forward to seeing him in a preseason game. Yeah, the uh, again, it was only highlights, but some of the throws they showed, I've never seen, ba- barely seen him throw, wow. uh, even during yeah, his time. But just he, he looked like he had pretty good zip on the ball. So mm-hmm. well, I, I was kind of what I remembered from him was that his arm strength was not all the all best. that great. And in his first, he started out he rough, started and that rough part back. is he was under throwing, but he adjusted and was hitting everything after that. He threw for over seventy percent. On the eleven and eleven drills, twenty six for thirty seven. Well, with him being the only quarterback there, it wasn't like he was going wasn't going to get lots of throws in. <laughs> well, they they said counting all the warm up throws and everything else, Jake Browning had over ninety throws last night, yeah, which that's... is too much for a quarterback. They'll they'll throw they can like a pitcher throws arm out this early. It's yeah, yeah I was but gonna I was we'll gonna see. Say. 
Yeah, well, Jesse. Jesse talking about Browning stepping up, and uh, I guess that's you know it, not not the greatest circumstances, but that is what we want to see from guys that who are unproven is that they get a chance opportunity and they make they step uh, up. Best, best of the opportunity. Uh, I would hope that you know knowing the playbook shouldn't be an issue for Browning because he's this is his fourth year with the team, so I think he should know the playbook fine and a lot of the players. It's just a matter of. Um, can he perform at an NFL level? Um, you know, when, when he was at Washington at one point, he was another guy, like his stock really dropped. He was potentially right. at one point a first round guy. And then, then he didn't get drafted. <laughs> so, right. Cause so, the last two years he didn't produce like he did in the first two. And, it, uh, but yeah. speaking of production, we now have Daniil Hunter back on the field. <clears throat> And, yes, and we knew ahead of time that he looked great as Adonis body. We've we saw videos of his workout, but we were curious how he was going to be on the field. He's on the field now, and in shorts, helmet and shorts. You know, there's only certain stuff you can do, but he has impressed as well so far this camp. There's uh there's a few stories on him. Um. First one, let's see, where did I have it? Uh, here. Courtney reports, Mike Zimmer told a story of, asked if he was watching, he goes, not closely, but I had asked O'Neill, and O'Neill said, um, he made this amazing move on the first time he went at him, and, he, and O'Neill asked him, what the heck is that? And he said, no. I don't know. It's just a move. And he goes, and he goes, wow. So he's going to learn there's something. Um, Mike Zimmer calls him slithery and long arms. He's just different. Hey, I'm all for him doing stuff like that. It was reported later. He was on a quarterback in a fraction of a second on another play. And that he is just speed. All the clips I've seen, he is just zing, zing, zing. And he's in, um, and O'Neill's good. O'Neill knows how to hold him up, but he is looks better and that he's been working on it. Now there was another one. Um again, Courtney. Daniil's been switching back and forth on the sides. Right? Daniil was normally our left defensive end. He's moved over yep. to right defensive end, or playing more right defensive end, uh Everson Griffin's spot. But he's bouncing back and forth. That tells me also, and subsequently, Wanham has been playing opposite side, outside linebacker responsibilities. And when we talked previous shows, that goes back to my high school 5-2 formation, where the defensive mm-hmm. ends, if they're on the weak side, have pass responsibility, whether it be the guy going for the screen, backside screen, or in the flat if necessary. And that's what looks exactly what they're doing. But so far, Daniil has looked great. I I look forward to when they put on the pads tomorrow and start actually hitting how that looks. What do you think? The, the I get the number one question. Yeah, yeah. So happy to see Marison. So happy to see Hunter back on the field. Yes, happy. And uh, our our main concern was, okay, had the surgery, herniated disc, or 
Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. Herniated um, disc. Yeah. So is he going to be the same Daniil Hunter that he was pr- previous to that? And so far, uh, and we know that he has to be, I think, because there's still huge question marks all over the the Vikings roster as far as who could be the other defensive end or defensive ends that could provide any kind of pressure besides Hunter. And if Hunter isn't uh, 100%, then you're probably looking at a pass rush that is not going to be terribly more effective than it was last year when it was very bad, ineffective, very bad. Couldn't put any pressure on the quarterback. Bottom of the league. Bottom of the league. Uh, So to see that Hunter is looking fast, slithery, the Daniil Hunter we've come to know and love is going to be it's a huge relief for me. I think it's a huge relief for you, David. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a, a big plus to the Vikings defense overall. Because, you know, it's great to have signed all these defensive backs. And and you get Kendricks and Barr back. That's all going to help the defense overall. But if you can't pressure the quarterback, eventually the pass coverage is somebody's going to get open. Good quarterback's going to find them. First mm-hmm. down, first down, first down, first down, first down. Touchdown, um, yeah. Touchdown, yeah. Touchdown, uh, in the Vikings' case, field goal. Missed field goal. <laughs> um, so, the, the, yeah, couldn't be happier to hear that Hunter's looking 100%, and maybe, could dare we say, better. Uh, you know, better. You know, he did – it's not great, but you have a year off not getting banged up, banged around. You come back fresh. I don't know how much that helps, but it can hurt, and I'm just – Glad to hear that it doesn't appear that the injury is impacting Hunter's uh, play on the field at all. So far. Which is going to be huge, huge mm-hmm. for the Vikings. Because, yeah, we don't know, like, Weatherly, Wanham, Patrick Jones Jr., Janarius Robinson, Willikus, like, none of those guys really give you, strike any kind of fear into any defensive. Uh, offensive coordinator or offensive lineman that's going to be facing them. Daniel Hunter will, and if he can command a lot of uh, attention, that could help all the other guys. Uh, and I like that the, the thing about him moving around is that they the Vikings started to do that, remember, in the New Orleans mm-hmm. playoff game. But they had him inside. inside. Uh, I, I don't think that maybe that'll happen as much, but moving it around seems to make sense. Mm-hmm. It also might be an admission right now that the Vikings aren't really sure what they have opposite of Hunter at any time. So you might as well try to move him around so well, that uh, well, he maybe get, get a favorable matchup on a tackle as opposed to uh, him facing like the you know one guy all the time. Well, he has played, played a little bit a little on the bit other side. On the other side, yeah. Um, uh, but I think I think. I think one of the reasons they're doing it this year, besides putting him on the blind side more, is that they are making that defensive front more unpredictable and how the offense is going to play against it. Because if one plays on this side and one plays on the next, and during those plays you might have Tomlinson and Pierce in the middle, um, the next one you have... Richardson and Tomlinson, and those guys are shifting across the middle. And it's going to get awful confusing for opposing quarterbacks that don't know what they're doing to see all this stuff happening. And that opens up opportunities. And with the big guys in the middle, right, like you said, they're going to be taking – the question is who you're going to double team because they're going to be eating up blocks – which leaves both 
the linebackers available to rush if we want to rush them. If Zim does, he shows it quite oftenly, often, but his question is who, right? They may show up and then we have um, Harrison Smith come off the edge or whomever, right? It's going to be exciting to watch this defense because I think the defense, the one thing Zimmer's good at is evolving this defense. And I think he's going to do that this season. So, and so, I think, and I think Daniel Hunter Daniel- is key to that and seeing him back in good, like we're seeing is fantastic. Be even more exciting when the Vikings trade for Chandler Jones, of course, oh. <laughs> uh, like Patrick, like Patrick Peterson was one uh, saying they should do on, on, the, uh-huh. on the podcast. I'm like, yeah, sure. Patrick dream on. Uh, yeah, I don't know how the Vikings are going to make that work as far as salary. cap. Goes, Another but, young uh, top five defensive yeah. end. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. you know, Zimmer's rubbing one off with that one. So, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but yes, it would be nice. Not a chance. I don't, yeah. Anything else you'd like to tell the fans? Not really. It's been a while since we talked football, which uh, mm-hmm. is is good. Yeah, we took a little bit of a hiatus because, uh, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going on there for a time, particularly in, mm-hmm. in late May and June. But back and, yeah, I'm, um, I always uh, – this year probably more so because last year we didn't have any preseason games but really looking forward to getting to see the vikings on the field in the preseason games and i'm uh, i like you probably as well it'll be interesting with one less preseason game i'll be interesting to see how teams approach that with the 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 players that they know are going to be on the team and are stars you've got one last you know how it all worked right you know the first game they play one series the second game they play like maybe a quarter third Mm -hmm. game is the dress rehearsal and the fourth game none of them play well now you've got one last game uh, but you've got one extra regular season game one more which means one more game with your starters playing an, an extra game, getting banged around, does that mean that teams play their starters and, and givens superstars even less in preseason than they used to? We'll or out. does that – or, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see how that's all played out and how teams approach that. And, uh, again, preseason's always like young guys. I want to see young guys. I want to see who flashes. And uh, there's lots of guys that, that I'm interested in seeing how they do. Wyatt Davis – Sharat, Derisaw, if he ever gets on the fucking field. Um, although, <laughs> although, exactly. Kellen Mond is the big one. Kellen Everybody Mond. wants to see Kellen Mond. I also now want to see Jake Reed when it comes to competition. Or not and Jake Reed, Jake Browning. KJ, you've been calling him Jake Reed the whole time. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jake Browning. Hey, yeah. it's back in the days, three deep, Jake Reed. What is Jake, just Jake Reed and Chris Carter? I mean, they were good. They're both 100-plus Yard, uh, 100 plus catch receivers and 1,000 yard receivers. And then we got Randy yep. Moss, and it was three deep, and it was awesome. But it was Jake Reed was always one I looked at, you know, was a favorite player back in the day. Yep. So love, love Jake Reed. Now, since we're spooling up, climbing a pocket, and is spooling up for its regular season broadcast schedule. During the regular season, you'll get two old bloggers with me and Darren as your first show of the weekend. Yes. So, 
and then we'll go through and we'll have six live shows a week. Starts off, of course, we kick it off. And uh, six live shows a week. And plus other podcasts and other things thrown in there for your viewing and reading pleasure. But remember, remember, it's the two old bloggers, the guys that are supposed to be wise, the ones with the extra years that start everything off. And with that, everybody have a great day. And Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.